Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Road of Shadows Created by Mark R. Healy A Beyond the Dark production Season 2 Episode 3 Homecoming kidding about being hungry. I'm telling you, I've never been this hungry in my life. Should I call the waitress over again? Mm. No, no, I, um, <clears throat> I think I should be good after this round. Sure. Sorry, I, I bet I look like a total pig over here. You're just making up for lost time. Yeah, I guess, um, having a day of rest really helped to get me firing on all cylinders again. What is it? Nothing. I'm sure you're right. Don't bullshit me, Daniel. You just looked at me funny. That's because you've got a chunk of waffle hanging off your chin. Come on. This is serious. What are you telling me? Honestly, I don't know anything more than you do. Not for sure. What did she say back at the bonfire? This emissary. She was talking in riddles half the time. That's why I don't have anything concrete to tell you. Well, something is bothering you. Just let it out. Tell me everything. (sighs) Yeah, okay. Uh, she tried to make a deal. Yeah, you already told me that. She wanted you to destroy the axe. She said weapons, plural. Was she talking about my twenty-two? Why would she care about a gun? Those can't hurt shadows. Well, either way, she obviously just wanted to make sure you were disarmed. That way, it would be easier for her to get her teeth into you. Well, that's the other weird thing she said. According to her, she was dying. Dying? Of what? Old age, maybe. She mentioned something about being a thousand years old, and how her time was running out, and that she no longer had any interest in consuming human flesh. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't buy that. Yeah, I don't know what to make of it. I don't know why she'd bother concocting a story like that. To try to make you relax, get you off your guard, which she kind of did, right? I guess, but I have to admit, she didn't seem like the others. Look, she's still a shadow, still an enemy. That is all that matters. Not necessarily. If we're dealing with something new here, that could be a problem. In what way? She smelled different. Why is that a problem? I've spent years accumulating information about these things. I've used that data to create a set of rules. That set of rules is the only thing that has kept me alive. Everything is based on my observations of their routines and preferences. So what if it turns out that those rules only apply to some of the shadows? What if there are other, different shadows that I never even knew existed? You'd need a whole new set of rules. Exactly. We just need to figure out some new rules then. But in the meantime, we're vulnerable. I don't like the thought of that. This emissary has got you worried just because she smelt a bit different? It's not just that. She has other abilities. Look what she did to you. Called you in your sleep somehow. Yeah, okay, that, that wasn't cool. It's a miracle you weren't butchered out there. She needed me alive. As bait. And that's not the first time the shadows have used me that way. Well, I'm going to take precautions with the door locks from now on. I don't need you wandering off in the middle of the night like that again. Maybe you should just cut loose, Daniel. I, I don't want to be a liability. Are you kidding? That's not going to happen. Especially not when... <sighs> Vasella told you something else, didn't she? Yeah. Well? She said that you were on a path to ruin. Something about toxins from the five shadows who bit you? So they poisoned me? Maybe. Okay. Am I gonna die? I don't know if she was talking about death or something else. Something else? This is why I didn't want to tell you. For all I know, she could have been trying to manipulate me. I don't think there are any toxins in my body. I, I mean, I feel fine now. Exactly. That makes me think that this was just another trick. She was trying to sweeten the deal, convince me she had something to offer. I wouldn't worry about it, Daniel. You... Hear that? Yeah, siren. Huh. What do you think that's all about? Bad news, most likely. I'm getting real tired of hearing sirens. Me too. Well, I guess this means we should get going. Yeah, but I don't want to head back to the motel. The sirens are coming from that direction. Let's get on the road again. To Clifford Springs. Right now? In the middle of the night? Why not? I'm raring to go. And there's no point keeping Dr. Schilling waiting any longer, is there? Sheriff Delaney, as I live and breathe. Mike Barnes. Well, I'll be... Here you've had uh, quite the eventful evening here in Mesquita Falls. Word travels fast. Well, we we saw your cruiser outside this motel as we drove into town, and the owner was only too happy to bend our ears about the whole thing when we showed up at the office. Oh, I uh, I don't think I've had the pleasure. This is my deputy, Laura Towney. Pleased to meet you, Sheriff Delaney. Deputy. 
So how about it, Fran? You got some troublemakers on your hands? I wouldn't go that far, Mike. Just a couple of -of out-of-town pranksters up to no good. Figured they could scare a few townsfolk with their antics. Now there were two of them. Is that right? That's right. Huh. A young man and a woman on a motorcycle. Yeah. Do you mind, uh, filling me in about what happened? What's this all about, Mike? Why'd you come all the way out here? It's my belief that these two are involved in some serious shit. Including the death of a police officer. They... they what? They killed one of my deputies, Fran. I'm almost sure of it. Damn. I'm sorry, Mike. Not as sorry as they are going to be. So this was the thing on the highway. I I heard an officer was involved in a traffic accident, but I... We haven't released all the details yet, but I can assure you it was no accident. Teddy was mowed down in cold blood by someone who was in a hurry to leave Colton. Shit. So you think this was intentional? Uh, That's what my gut is telling me. And you think it was these two who stayed at the motel? We don't know that yet, but we sure'd like to talk to them and hear what they have to say. Any witnesses at the scene of the incident? No. No, it, it happened in the dead of night. But we found some paint transfer on the cruiser... Looks like the car was white, but we don't know much more than that at this point. We're hoping to get some more details from the tire print analysis in the next couple of days or so. No maker model yet? Oh, not yet. But Mike, your suspects came through here on a motorcycle. We figure they ditched the car somewhere. It's probably a right mess after that collision. Exactly. The collision was anything but light. The offender's car hit the cruiser flush, spun it half off the road. There's going to be some obvious signs of damage, no doubt. Would have caused some crumpling on the hood at the very least. So they ditched the car already. That's your theory. Most likely, but uh, we haven't found it yet. I'll have my deputies keep an eye out. Appreciate it. So, do you think you can tell us about what happened here outside the motel? Yeah, sure, of course. Uh... Nothing near as crazy as what you've had to deal with, obviously. We got a call during the night about some weirdos out here in the woods yelling and screaming like it was the end of the world. Screaming. Like a banshee. Couple of residents here thought for sure someone was being murdered back there, but uh, didn't turn out to be anything of the sort. What were they yelling? Witnesses couldn't make it out. Something incoherent. So, uh, what'd you find out there? Just the dying embers of a bonfire, I'm afraid. I had a look with a flashlight, but couldn't see anything suspicious. Came back this morning at first light just to be sure. Has anyone been reported missing? Nope. And there was no sign of blood or anything else that might be of concern. There were footprints all around the fire, though. Lots of those. It's my theory these two wise asses had a bit too much to drink and decided they'd make a nuisance of themselves by screaming at the top of their lungs. You don't think there's anything more to it than that? No, I don't. But these two, Daniel and Amber... They took off without warning, right? Don't you think that's a little odd? Sure. Harry said they rode out of here right after the incident. Harry? Harry Langer, owner of the motel. Oh, right. He was woken up by the ruckus as well. (sighs) Sounds pretty suspicious to me. I don't think so. Why not? Because they didn't get very far. Not even to the other side of town. Stopped in at the diner for a late night snack. They stopped to eat? 
Yeah, took their time about it, too, from what I'm told. Kicked back and had a couple of rounds of waffles. Not exactly the actions of a pair of criminals trying to flee the scene. What the hell are those two playing at? I don't know, Mike, but I can tell you one thing. I'm putting this one to bed. I understand you got skin in the game here, but as far as Mosquito Falls PD is concerned, there's nothing else to investigate. Uh, sure, Fran. I I understand. Leave it with us. Can you tell us which way they went? Sure. It was due west, straight along the highway. Thank you kindly. Come on, Laura. We should get moving. Hey, Mike. One other thing. If it really was these two who took down your boy... Well, I hope you nail him to the goddamn wall. Edgar said to the interviewer he was convinced that the thing out there wasn't a vault at Yeah, all. I know what he thought. Dr. Edgar's didn't think it was designed to keep things out. I know what he, he thought. He thought it was designed to keep something in. Do you even understand the difficulty trying to keep a base like Fathom at the bottom of the ocean from killing everyone in it on a daily basis? Oh my god. Everyone hold on to something. I think whatever is on the other side of that door out there, it's not friendly. I think it's trying to get out. That, my friend, is a dire combination. That's a bad sign. Get out of the door! Spreading like some kind of technological contagion. We can either stop it here or watch the world burn. Fathom, the first season of Derelict. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or learn more at derelictpodcast.com. We cruise into Clifford Springs in the early hours of the morning. The town still slumbers under a light blanket of gloom. Dormant. Apart from a single car that meanders down the main street, the glow of its taillights leaving a wash of red in its wake. I feel something already. An undercurrent of malevolence that permeates the air, the very dirt beneath my feet. The evil that resides in this town is so old that it has woven itself into the very fabric of the place. It's in every rock, every stalk of grass, every brick and every house that lines the street around us. He's here. Somewhere in town. I feel it. Yeah, I do too. Schilling came home. (coughs) Amber. Are you okay? Yeah, yeah. I think the ride has taken it out of me, though. I might need to lie down again for a while. I'll get you straight to the motel. Aren't you going to map out the town first? No need. I lived here once, remember? Before Schilling chased me off. Right. Of course. Come on. Let's find somewhere for you to lie down. How's the bed? Comfy? Eh, I've had better, but I'm not gonna complain. Too uncomfortable to sleep? No, it's... It's not that. There's something that's... bugging me. In the compendium. What is it? Something that might help explain what happened last night? 
the whole thing at Mosquito Falls. Yeah, yeah, but I can't find it again. It was a passage about shadows reaching maturity or something like that. I don't think I've seen that part yet. To be honest, the whole concept took me by surprise when Vesela started talking about it. Shadows growing old. You never considered their lifespan? I figured they were immortal or something. Well, this didn't say they grew old, at least not in those words. It was something else. Um God damn it, where is it? What's the matter? Do you see something out there? No, I'm just I don't know. It's strange being back here in Clifford Springs. Strange how? It feels different somehow. The town? Yeah, like there's been a transition or something. It's hard to explain. Maybe it's not Clifford Springs that's changed. Maybe it's you. Could be. Do you think he's out there watching us? Chilling. I'm sure he's aware that we're here, but something tells me he's not ready to confront us yet. If he's still weak from the broken Congress, then my guess is he's laying low. Licking his wounds. Vulnerable. <laughs> That's a strange thought, isn't it? Them being the ones who are cowering and afraid. You better get used to it. Reducing shadows to ash is starting to become a daily thing for you. That one at the bonfire doesn't really count. She did that to herself. Oh, here it is. I found it. What have you got? Listen. Rooted to the earth and feeding upon its gifts, they grow full and strong. In time, they ripen and bask in their full glory under the sun and the heavens. Goddamn compendium guy is rambling about his crops again. No, wait. And though the fruit blooms, the vine grows weak and shrivels, and they can take no more. It is then that she comes for them to reap the nourishment that has long awaited her, and that she has cultivated through the long season, careful and attentive. You think he's talking about shadows here? Are they the fruit? Rooted to the earth and feeding upon its gifts. Rooted to the earth and feeding upon its gifts. That could be a reference to the shadows being tethered to their hunting grounds. And the gifts of the earth are people. Right. And the whole thing about the vine being shriveled, they can take no more, that lines up with what Vasella told you. Well, that would explain her disgusting wrinkly skin. There's more here. Mm, where are you? Uh, when the sun has set and the stars come out to shine, they hear the call. The reaper takes them into her bosom, the wilted, so that they may become one until the end of the earth. The wilted? Is that what the ones like Vasella are called? Maybe. But who is this reaper the Compendium keeps referencing? Vasella mentions something about a mother. Do you think there's someone... Or something at the center of all this. A creature that all the shadows serve. Could be. Or maybe it's just more analogies and euphemisms. Compendium guy sure loves those. For all we know, the Reaper could just be a reference to death itself instead of a physical entity. Are there any other passages that might give us a clue? Um, the next paragraph is all about a goat that escaped from a neighbor's pen and ate some of his cabbages. Now he sounds really pissed about it. Riveting. Hey, 
Maybe it's another metaphor. The goat is actually the reaper unleashing havoc upon the world. That sounds exactly like the kind of thing Compendium Guy would write. Checking the window again already? Keeping an eye out for goats. Come on. What is it? <sighs> We're in Schilling's territory now. This is his domain. He might be weak, but he's still holding most of the cards. So what do you suggest? We need to gather more information, understand what we're dealing with. Come up with a plan of attack. Where do we start? First, I think we should try to get a couple of hours sleep. It's been a long night. Yeah, I won't object to that. Then, later this afternoon, we should gear up and get ready for a field trip. How are you doing? Uh, still not the best. The nap didn't help? Not a whole lot. Maybe the fresh air will do me some good. Come over here a second. A payphone. <laughs> we came all the way out here for this. We could have made the call from the motel. I'm not making a call, just checking the phone book. What are you looking for? Schilling's home address. You don't think we'll find him at his clinic? There's no way he'd show his face there. Not while he's weak. It's too public. My guess is that he'll lie low at home while he recovers from what happened in Colton. If his number's listed in the phone book, maybe we could call through and see if he picks up. You know, not say anything, just listen. Then we'd know for sure where he is. He'd know it was us. I don't want to give him any extra warning that we're coming. Here it is. Schilling James, Doctor. 11 Shoemaker Street. Holy shit. What? That's only a block from here. We could walk there in less than five minutes. Wait a second. Are you considering showing up on his doorstep right now? Why not? Are you sure we're ready for that? Look, every minute we wait is a minute that he gets stronger. Time is his ally. Not ours. But you're always so methodical about everything. You said yourself it's not a good idea to go rushing into things. A lot's changed since I said that. Yeah, but... Amber, we could end this today. If that's the way you feel. I can handle it. I have the axe. Yeah? Okay. Come on, let's go take a look. Don't get too close. Stay back here behind the bus stop. I don't see a car there. He probably doesn't want anyone to realize he's home. Curtains are drawn too. Yeah, I guess the good doctor likes his privacy. Okay. Tell me what we're gonna do. I'm still figuring that out. What? You don't even have a plan. I've never had to hunt one of these things before. <sighs> this is exactly what I was talking about. It can't be that complex. Just a matter of getting inside and... 
And what? Just start swinging? God damn it. Do you think we should call it off? Well, you were right before. Time is a factor. And we're here now. Yeah. Plus, what if Schilling gets wind of us and decides to go on the run again? He could slip right through our fingers. I doubt he'd leave Clifford Springs right now, but I guess it's a possibility. So that settles it. We go now. Yeah, I think that's the way it has to be. Okay, let's do it. Stay right behind me, Amber, and be ready for anything. The Road of Shadows is created by Mark R. Healy. Want to delve deeper into the story? Head over to Patreon to find character concept art and other bonuses like ad-free episodes that you can hear a week early. All of that and more is available now at patreon.com slash beyondthedark. Check out more of my podcasts at theroadofshadows.com. The Road of Shadows Season 2 stars Hamish Plagemars, Marta De Silva, Jimmy Yamaguchi, Trent Trachtenberg, Madeline Norton, Gavarock, John Carver, Liz Morey, Sally Walker-Taylor, Vivian Reed, Marlon Dance-Huey, Heidi Fisher, Maddie Albrecht, Whitney Holland, Joshua Nicholson, and Aubrey Akers. The Road of Shadows is a Beyond the Dark production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. This is I reporting. He's at the Lao Chang restaurant, Changchun, northeastern China. It's uh, spring 1997. Once it started, I'll leave him in Ming's hands. <laughs> That's a joke. Ming doesn't have hands. And what do you do exactly? Besides dance with strangers. I work for the postal service. <laughs> you, you're a, a postman. Weird, right? Weird, right? Miss what is it? It's just a bit strange. A letter for me from Hong Kong. And there's no stamp. I need stamps to write a dead person? Yep, there's a cost. How much? A pound. A pound of flesh. A pound of you? It seems like a lot. Lift up your shirt! What's that? Just pull this tube over your stomach! We are done that! Ow! Yeah, this is gonna hurt! What? Nothing! Ah! Ah! The very worst thing that could possibly happen. Is that a police right back? If your letter can find me here, then I think we have a lot to talk about. Saludos, Raúl.
the very worst thing that could possibly happen. An audio drama in nine parts, produced by Wolf of the Door Studios. Out now. For more information, please visit WLFDR.com.